hold up. back man i know we've been off for a very long time but we've been taking a uh i i can't even call it a short hiatus we've been taking a for real hiatus but we back in the building man you already know what it is man it's notes from the negro section in case you don't know because we've been gone so long this is a roundtable discussion about some of the most detrimental issues that's plaguing the black community right now uh before right now and in the future all right we're gonna talk about all that stuff but today we got something special for you Unfortunately, there's only two of us here, but it's all good. We're going to hold it down. I got my man Bo in the building. Hey, what up, though? For sure, for sure, man. Of course, your boy Q Lewis is in the building, man. We hold it down for the rest of the squad, dog. But we'll all be back at, at some point. <laughs> but right now, we're going to hold it down. Uh, today, though, man, we just got to jump back into things, dog. And what we got to talk about, though, in case you're not familiar, uh, this only happened a, a few days ago, all right? So down in the suburbs of Chicago. I guess we'll call it the suburbs because it's about 20 miles south of Chicago. Um, we had a, we got a, a security guard who was trying to do his job, uh, happened to be a black guy, of course, uh, Jamil Roberson, already 26 years old. Right now, not only is he a security guard, uh, also he was a musician at, at some area churches. All right? I just want to throw that out there because I know whenever we start talking about black people being killed by the police, the first thing they want to do is talk about all the negative things pulling up old Facebook posts and showing them, you know, raising their fingers or with guns in the, in the, uh, you know, in the photos and stuff. But right now we're talking about a dude who's a musician at a church. He's a pillar in the community. You know what I'm saying? Like he actually doing something good at 26. To be honest with you, I know there's a lot of 26 year olds out here not really doing what they're supposed to do, but this dude was on the straight and narrow and he was actually a security guard. And what happened basically was at this bar. Uh, I'm not sure what transpired before. I think it was some kind of fight or something. And uh, dudes was in there trying to, like, basically, uh, I ain't going to call it a riot, but it was a, a straight-up bar fight. So he had to break the fight up. He had the, he had the one perp on the ground, had him subdued, had his gun on him. Now, he's security, right? Security with a gun. So he pulled the gun on the dude, held him down until the police got there. Sounds like that makes sense, right? I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You're security. You hold down the assailant until the real police get there. Sounds logical. So then he does all that. The police get there. And while so, uh, somebody actually said, now this is a witness who told WGN, which is a station in, in Chicago, told them that they were all screaming that he's the security, don't shoot him. And they shot him anyway. So that's what we're talking about today, man. We're talking about being black in America, obviously. But when are you actually not scared for your life when confronted by the police? Like, even when you are actually on their side, you, you're doing their job. And you should still be in fear of your life. So we're going to talk about that, man. Uh, blessings and prayers out to Jamil Roberson's family, dog, and everybody who had to deal with this right now. But, Bo, I got to ask you, man, like, especially being in the armed forces, like, how does it make you feel when you are a part of, you know, you are a part of, of the protect and serve? You know, and security guards, not necessarily like, you know, they're not the police, but they are protecting and serving whatever community that they, you know, that they serve in right there. So 
how does it make you feel like being in a in a situation like that and still have to fear for your life from the police? You know, you know, it made me feel pissed off, man. Straight up, like, yeah. you look at the situation, you're like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm make you know, like for, for me, for example, you know, you go into the military, you make some moves, do what you need to do professionally and whatnot to get yourself ahead, and you know, right. not only that, you know. Serving the community, the society, the country, whatever you want to call it. And then right. off a of GP, you just get, you know, you get shot in the ass for no reason, right? After you're trying to break <laughs> exactly. it back. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like, like literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the shit made me mad, man. Like, because I can understand, you know, police officers, you know, I, I can understand them, you know, being, being very cautious and things like that. Like, I, I get that. But what don't make sense to me, and I think I told y'all this before, man, it's like in the military, if we make a mistake like that, we go into jail off tops. We already know that shit happened. Like, they tell you that shit. You are going to jail if you do some dumb shit like that, right? And, Accountability. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is like cats in other countries. Like, this is cat, like cat, somebody that we at war with. If we, if we do some dumb shit like right. that against somebody, we the enemy, we go into jail, you know? Exactly. And this dude is a citizen. Not only is he a citizen, he helping out. And he get shot in the ass and killed, and more than likely ain't shit gonna happen because that's that's been like the status quo. You know, ain't shit happening from these cops. Yeah. It's been just, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you got you got your, you know, a couple things here and there where, when they they bring charges, these cats get you know uh, indicted and they get arraigned and they get sentenced and shit like that. But that's right. not the norm, man. You know, so that shit made me mad, bro. You know, yeah. I mean, and it, it can't do nothing but make you mad. And I, I just figure it may be even a little, you know, even a little closer to you just because of the military background to just be a part of an overall society where, you know, basically, like I said before, is the protect and serve, um, you know, community. And you feel like you're a part of that. So, like, when you're a part of that, it seems like, I, this is probably this is probably dumb to say, but it, you would you would feel like you are excluded from that stereotype. It, it, it would feel like if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing uh, at the at the establishment that's paying me to secure their establishment, I feel like I should be excluded from that you know that that kind of police reaction. But the the fact remains though, I think the most important part of this story though is unfortunately that it was 20 miles south of Chicago. And I think that there's, uh, there's an unspoken fear about the, the young black males in Chicago. And when, when they appear to be in areas where, um, I guess lack of a better word, they, they don't belong, then the narrative is so different that it makes everybody react different. But I, I guess I'm curious. If you're the police <laughs> and you come in and you got a dude that's got somebody held down, with a security vest on, it said security. Like, how do you make that fucking mistake? Seriously, though. Like, I don't even get it. I mean, not only that, you got you got all the witnesses around, all the people, are bystanders. Hey, he's the good guy. Hey, security. Hey, no, he the wrong dude. No, you know what I mean. And they yeah. shoot his mother, and they shoot and kill him anyway. Right. So, like, police officer. Yeah, they got a tough job. They got a hard job. I get that. You know what I mean? They do. And Man. that job come with some risk. That job come with a lot of risk, bro. You know, yeah. so like if you go into the situation scared every freaking time you you answer to a call, or something like that. I mean, 
obviously, something you know, will happen like that. Yeah, the training or how we venting these dudes or whatever it is is not right. You know, right. <laughs> like I, I get you go in a situation. You know, it's, 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 it's human nature to be scared in a situation like that, but not so yeah. so scared that like. I mean, the first thing you see in your first reaction is not, hey, freeze, put your hands up, nothing like that. Your first reaction is to shoot and kill somebody, like straight up off top. Right. Come on. Exactly. Man. Yeah, I, I just really, I really don't see where where that can be rationalized. Like, I, again, like you said, it's probably nothing going to come out of that. You know what I'm saying? But but it's just the, the thing, though, is that you got whatever training that you, you know, get or supposed to get, like you said, there could be any kind of adrenaline or, or even fear. I, I mean, you can even call it fear. But at some point, your training is supposed to supersede that, though. I mean, it's kind of right. like it's kind of like football, right? So, you know, like you go over plays over and over and over. You know how to react. You know what to do in certain situations. And sometimes the adrenaline or, or maybe even the fear can overtake you. But that that practice, that training is supposed to get you in the position where you're supposed to be. I mean, it's just like football. So it's like if you if you are law if you're in law enforcement, then that that training should should help you overcome that fear a bit a little bit anyway. But then again, just like you said too, just to kind of equate this to like regular, um again, like I, I'm just go I'm going to dumb it down to, to, to equate this to regular hood shit. <laughs> it's the same thing as people who commit crimes, sell dope, you know, those kind of things. I feel like at the end of the day, when stuff happened to people in, in that life, I always feel like, damn, this, you know, it's fucked up. But I always think in my head, you made those decisions. You kind of signed up for that shit. Like you knew that it was a possibility that it could happen. I think that's the same thing. Unfortunately, for police officers, you know what happened when you signed up at the academy that you might die doing this shit. Like, you you signed up for it. This is just like, <laughs> I, to me, that's the way I look at it. And I, and I know that I'm not, I ain't that brave. You know what I'm saying? I really ain't. I, I'm not trying to lose my life to protect somebody else's. Like, so I know I couldn't be the police. So some people really need to make that, that, you know, they need to make that decision before they go to the, before they even go to the academy and, and realize that maybe you just not cut out for this. Like, I, I don't really know the other way to put it, but I think that's kind of what it boiled down to. And something that uh, D.L. Hughley said uh, previously, and he always said, and I think this is so true, man, it's like the most dangerous place for a black man is in, inside a white person's mind. Uh, because your their assumption or their, perception of who they think you are is what causes all this shit to happen. Right. Right. And, and you know, you bring up a good point when you say, you know, it was like, foot, you say it's like football, you know, and, and yeah. your, your training kick in and that's, you know, so like, you know, I, in the military, yeah, there, there's times where, you know, you, you rep something so many different times, so many times that, yeah, you right. know, become like muscle memory, your training kick in, right? Exactly. So that that leads me to ask, like, what are these motherfuckers being trained? Because this shit happens, it's <laughs> happening all the time, right? Exactly, right. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know what? They training might be kicking in. This this might be just be what they trained to do. This might be like, their training, hey, man. you know? Because they they're they gonna say, you know, hey, it's better to be you know carried off in handcuffs than carried off by six people in a box, right? I mean, so, I, I mean, I never even thought about it like that. Yeah, it makes me really wonder. <laughs> 
Like, what are they being tracked? Like, what's being taught in the academy? Like, you know, like, wow. like from the foundational standpoint, because I mean, this yeah. shit happens all this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. DL Hughley is right. You know, and, yeah. and people see black dudes and whatnot, and they automatically think the worst. You know, especially if yeah. you're being a cop, and you, you know, and you responded to a situation or whatnot. Exactly. But like, you're supposed to fall back on that, on that training and, and auto certifications and and, and going to the range, putting all those hours in, and learning how to de-escalate the situation and things like that. Right. But then it makes me wonder: just is that shit really being taught, <laughs> or if it's being taught? I mean, is it really being adhered to? You know, I don't think right. So, or or like you. Or like you said, maybe they are falling back on the training, and that is what the training is. It might be. So that, that would be crazy, though. How crazy would that be, though, to learn that they are actually being trained these things that's, that's happening right now? Hey. So that, was, that shit would be monumental. Like I, That shit would change the whole game, for real. Because, you know, I, I think about one thing, right? Like, yeah. the thing that, that makes me think about this is the way they're being trained. Because, like, Right. When you go to the tra- when we go to the range, you know you go to show, yep. you go to qualify and all that stuff. One of the, the basic fundamental things they teach you is to shoot center mass. All right, so center right. mass means like middle of the chest, you know, because right. that, that's you know it, it's hard to miss there, right? Right. So you, you know you hear people talk, you know you hear them talk about well why didn't they shoot them in the arm? Why did they shoot them leg? Or why didn't they shoot the main and things like? Because they're not trained to do that. You know they're trained right. to shoot the kill. So now they're mm-hmm. trained to shoot the wound. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like I think that us being on this uh, on this podcast right now, we definitely won't be able to come up with an answer to why this happens. And then, then you start thinking, okay, if we can't figure out why it's happening, then we can at least figure out how to avoid it. But then you get a situation like this where – it don't even seem like it should be a situation. Like this is a young man doing a job that he that that he obviously wanted to do because they said that he he was preparing to embark on a career as a police officer. He wanted to be the police. First of all, let me say this: the relationship between the police and the black community is 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 subpar at best. Like it's, it's pretty much been destroyed. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you got a 26-year-old, a millennial, who who is really considering being the police, there's a glimmer of hope. You know, like there's a glimmer of hope somewhere that, that people in that age bracket don't think that the police are completely against them, especially being right. from their Chicago area. Like they got to kind of feel like, you know, that, that the police are against them, not only because they're black, but because of all the gang activity that's going on. It's kind of it's kind of hard to, to avoid the police. So you got somebody in that age bracket that's from that area that's still willing to be the police. And then you see a story like this. What do you think that's going to do to the already faltering relationship between the two? I think that's the, that's the main problem. And that the relationship between the black community and the police is, is so, you know, so brittle at this point that all of these little situations like this or, or big situations rather like this is just, they're not doing nothing but making it, making it worse. So like, what, what is it that we can do? Like somebody, somebody is in this young man's corner telling him like, you know what? You're making the right decision to be the police. This is a great first step being a security guard. This is going to get you prepared for the academy. Somebody's telling him that 
they got to be in order for him to even be taking it seriously. And now what does that do for that person who was trying to pump him up or the, or the younger teenager that was looking at him like, man, I thought all police was bad, but my homeboy about to be the police and he cool. So this might be, this might be okay. And then they see this situation and now what? Right. Like what's really going to happen? And then you start, when you start thinking about that, then, I mean, because I think about it and I, so I know in retrospect, all of our white counterparts think of that too. So now for us, for us, like, it's a, it's a mixture of sadness and anger, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you're sad because you kind of sad that you can't have a relationship with the police, but then you angry that they're not even allowing you to have a relationship. So I can imagine that our white counterparts and, and even, even black ones that, that are, uh, you know, behind that blue coat, like, I can imagine what they're going through. So that's probably going to give them even more fear. So for me, I think more fear is going to equal more shit like this happening. Right. So like, how do we stop this shit? That's the million dollar question, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to tell you. I wish we could come up with an answer during Man, this podcast. I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> So like, I sell it for a million dollars. Here, here's my thing too, man. So j- just like with the uh, old boy in uh, Minnesota that got shot and killed by the police, uh, uh, what's his name, Philando Castile. Like, right. yep. so th- this dude is, you know, uh, uh, a, a registered gun owner, right? Right. So the National Rifle Association is supposed to be the advocate of these like registered gun owners, these concealed weapons carriers, things like that. Oh, uh, we about to go a whole another direction with this house. Okay, I, I, I was just think, like, I know, I know where you're going. <laughs> where they at though? Where right? they at though? Right? right? Where they at though? <laughs> right, I know. You know, yeah. And, where and are they? I had sent y'all something a few days ago, but like, I sent it to y'all because I had done some reading on it, man. And it's like back, <laughs> you know, back when the uh, the Black Panthers were back when they was carrying weapons and whatnot and ready to protect the neighborhood and all that. Hey, the NRA was all about gun control then, but now, right. exactly. hey, them, them niggas are silent, right? So, mm, yeah, exactly. Mm, and, and to me, yeah. I mean, to me, that Makes means wonder, this, 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 this bigger problem, man. Not, yeah, you got, you got an issue with with the police and, and and the black community and things like that. But then, yeah. you know, it, it, it bubbles up to like, is this shit really being like? Is it, is, is it black people in these communities are 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 they being are they being hunted are they being gunned down is it being litigated like at the highest levels because like nothing's happening about it man you know when yeah. you, you get an officer who kills a young black man who's a registered gun owner or a concealed uh, a carry you know a, a weapons holder and they get gunned down mm-hmm. like yeah you know automatically you know that advocacy group is supposed to step in and do something. But them cats ain't this, right? And they won't do nothing because of you know how yeah, you know, money changes man. hands at, at, at that level, right? I mean, but but you you exactly right though, and that's why I think when you when you first started bringing it up, I, I knew which direction you was going because it's absolutely true. I mean, you got you know if you go on YouTube like right now, you got you got militant white white people who are willing to. I guess I'll say, quote, unquote, risk their lives by walking the streets, you know, open carry with AKs and semi-automatic rifles and everything to prove a point about their right to bear arms. But you got you got law abiding black citizens who not even trying to prove a point and, and, and they dying at the hands of the police. Right. But these same these same advocate groups, though, like you said, 
coming to defend all of these white people who uh, quote unquote know their rights. And a gun, like like you said, the NRA is is totally backing them. Like you know, you got the right to bear arms and all this. But we need to we need that same firepower behind us, though. I think if we got that same recognition or that same backup from the NRA, we might actually have a different we might have a different opinion on government. But I think the government always, you know, what I'm saying uh, I, I hate to say it because I, I know they I know they listen to everything electronic. But uh, <laughs> I think the government always has a way to let you know where you are as far as position in this in this great country of ours. And I know people always say that, you know, I, I guess we always got some kind of excuse or, you know, we trying to always blame things on other on other people and, and circumstances. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not even blaming what we got going on by, you know, to the circumstances. But I just want to recognize that they're there. Right. Like I'm not gonna use them as excuses, but you can't act like they're not there though, and that's that's what pissed me off about people who who act like, and some black people included, who think that racism don't exist. Mm-hmm. Like just because it hasn't affected you, or like maybe it hasn't stopped you from getting to where you need to go, you still have to admit that it's there though. Like it can be, like dog in the winter time. I be coming up with some crazy analogies, but in the wintertime, <laughs> you can be coming out the driveway and it can be a sheet of ice in the driveway and you might make it past that sheet of ice, but you still got to recognize that that shit is there. Dog. Right. And somebody is going to slip and bust their ass on it. It might not be you, but somebody will. So if I'm pointing it out, it don't mean I'm using it as an excuse. I'm just trying to let you motherfuckers know that you need to be on the lookout. And that's, that's all it is when we point out racism to me. That's what I think it is. But anyway, I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. But <laughs> I just had to say that shit. No, you good, bro. But, I mean, like, cause <laughs> this is something like, you know, just like everyday type shit, man. You know, especially for a brother like is. myself who, you know, I own a lot of firearms. I carry firearms on me, things like that, where I think about that yeah. shit, man. Like, if I'm in a situation, man, and, you know, I get pulled over, the police to show up and whatnot, it's like, damn, you know, I, are they going to think I'm the good guy? Are they going to think I'm the bad guy? Are they going to think I'm defending myself? You know, if I'm in Florida, am I exactly. standing my ground or wherever that bullshit law there is got called down there? You know what I mean? Right. So, it, it, I mean, it, it's, bro, you know, so <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I, I was heading back to Michigan and I had probably been okay. on the highway for about, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes. And, okay. you know, I had my firearms in, in, in the ride and I just realized, I was like, <laughs> damn, course. I left my wallet. On, on the motherfucking, you know, on, on the counter back in the kitchen. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I'm thinking, like, all right, all right, I've been on the road for almost an hour now. You know, should I just go ahead and just knock it I want to go back. Or do I need to go back and get right. my... I was like, no, I need to go back and get my, you know, my credentials because just just because, just because you know, you it's, it's know. a potential. You never know what's going to happen, man. You know what I mean? And and yeah. even with your credentials, you still don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. I don't, man. And see, that's the, that's the thing... It's things like that that I don't know. I feel like you you shouldn't you shouldn't necessarily have to be afraid of. Right. Like especially especially somebody who has again, like I, I keep going back to your military background, but especially somebody who has served in the military, I feel like it's what else what else do you have to prove to, to let them know that you're on their side? <laughs> you should be all right with Ryan with no ID. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> <laughs> they can find they can find out who you are. Oh yeah, oh yeah, real quick, real quick. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like you would feel like you in a situation where 
I mean, not to say that you're gonna be doing anything uh, illegal. Oh, but, uh, I mean, you feel like you. Oh, I know, right? We got, oh, we got COVID. Okay. Okay. Oh, <laughs> up, bro. Hello. Oh, hello. What, right. What up, uh, we, got, we got Dub just checked in. Man, I was knocked out. I was asleep waiting. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait. I wait, told you nine thirty. Right, know what? I told you nine thirty. Nine thirty coming around. So I, put, I was waiting on that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, man, you just uh, you plugging in late. So again, what we talking about? Just uh, put you up to speed, man. We talking about, of course, the, uh, the police shooting down in uh, well outside of Chicago. All right, and uh, it involved, you're familiar with the story, right? You know what happened? Yeah. Okay. All right, so, yeah, basically, we're talking about right now, uh, we talked about that whole situation, but we're just trying to figure out, like, what, what, what's next? Because, obviously, being a security guard or having ambitions of getting into law enforcement still doesn't get you out of the sights of the law enforcement agent of just being a... A nigga. I mean, basically, I can't really put it no other way. So I think that preconception is what allowed him to come to a venue where the the witnesses already, you know, stated, made a statement saying that everybody was screaming, trying to let them know that he's the security guard. Like, don't shoot. First of all, again, before we get into that, the fact that bystanders know or even feel like that they have to let you know that he's a security, automatically let you know what we're dealing with. Nobody should have to let you know that he's security when he got a big-ass security vest on. Five security shirt on over his vest. That's the easy spot. For a well-trained officer. You breaking up, Doug? What you say? I said, I, being a supposedly well-trained officer, he's six five, wearing a vest with a security guard shirt over it, and it should be easy to recognize. Should be pretty obvious. <laughs> it should be pretty obvious. It should be. Yeah. yeah. Now, black. now you know what, Doug. Now, Doug, before you go any further, uh, I got I to gotta say this because you wasn't on the line earlier when Bo was talking about this, which is something actually uh, pretty disturbing when you think about it. What if, what if we, we keep talking about them not being trained or not, not, not going back on their training when it comes to that? What if this is what they're being trained to do? What if what? Well, I'm, I'm lost there. I'm saying, what if this is what they're being trained to do? Like, we talk about it being a lack of training as to why they're killing, like, these, shooting these unarmed black people or shooting black people who are in positions of, of, of security themselves. If they're doing it, maybe, maybe they're not actually acting out of train w- without training. Maybe this, these are the things that they're being trained to do. Some Turks, they one made a point uh-huh. said they're being trained to shoot first, ask questions later, and like, they basically the old the old adage of the hood. I rather get I rather get judged by twelve than carried by six. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You just said that earlier. Yep. Like I, I, it's it's always same. Like hey, if I pull the trigger, nigga might die, but 
Hey, I'm, I'm, I'll be clear to it. I'm on administrative leave, couple months, right. be back at it. If I lose my job, I'll get a job somewhere else. Really? You know, that's how it's been. And see, I think that's exactly what's happening, man, because they see that when, you know, they may have reservations about that at first, right? But then this happens over right. and over and over again. And not only do they see these cats not going to jail, they see these cats getting jobs in other departments and, you know, and, and, and you know, and still exactly. keeping retirement and stuff like that. So, like, they, they now they feel emboldened yeah. about it. Now they're confident about it. Like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and shoot first. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and... If I get fired, I get fired. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get picked up at another department or whatnot. And so it's just like exactly. I don't I don't get when when these type of shootings happen when he when he's I'm, I'm gonna call it what it is when these murders happen right like right how can another department come and hire somebody <laughs> that clearly murdered somebody in cold blood you know right if, if, if you know they talk about and I, I know I know I know we talking about you know security guard Chicago and whatnot. Like, I, I get that. But, I, you know, you look at certain situations, man, where, you know, Eric Garner with, with cigarettes and then old boy down in New Orleans right. that was, you know, selling CDs or whatever it is. Like, the shit people get killed over is fucking like this mundane shit. But then you got these white right. dudes and, you know, and Don Lemon already said it. You know, the white dudes are white people in this country, white men in this country are, are the terrorists, really. But then, you know, they go out there and they, they, they commit all these, you know, these fatal shootings and all this good stuff. And they get taken in alive every time, just about, if they don't kill right. themselves. You know, it's, exactly. it, 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 it just it makes you scratch your head and, like, not ask why, because I think, I think we know why. It makes you scratch my head, like, yeah. what the fuck do I do next? You know what I mean? Like, like we just talked right. about a minute ago. Like, what do we do next? Yeah, what do you do next? Like, like I said, you got which is unbelievable all in itself. Again, like, I, I don't mean to make, like, a, a big deal out of this, but to me it kind of is a big deal that you got a 26-year-old black male from the Chicago area who's actually interested in being in law enforcement. Uh, I know it don't sound like much, but it, it, it's, it's a big deal to me, though. And then to ruin that by taking his life, like, you got to figure that the ones that's coming up beneath him already have a sort of issue with law enforcement mm. and they may have been, they may have been kind of like trying to overcome that, but then they, they get one of, you know, they get one of their peoples in a situation like this and it's just, it's not good for nobody. It's not good for the black community. It's not good for the police officers because they go be more in fear and we go be more angry. And like, that's not going to end well for either, for either side, you know? Right. So like, I mean, I, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing. Like, I don't think we'll ever get an answer to this though. Like, cause what can you do though? I mean, like, like, Doug, you got any ideas, man? Like, I, I know obviously we ain't gonna get no final solution on this podcast, but like, you got any ideas what what we can kind of do to, to straighten this thing out between the black community and, and the police? Or is it something even worth working on? We lose them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, ain't got nothing, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he ain't got nothing up. <laughs> All right, we'll wait. Maybe, uh, maybe he dropped off or something. Yeah, yeah, he dropped off. But, but yeah, I mean, I, just, I, don't, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, what, what do we do next, man? You know, right. um, it, it, it's it's gonna take to to me, man. In my opinion, it's gonna take one or two things, right? It's either gonna take you know 
legislation at the highest level, you know, to go through, and, you know, and, and to audit the way these, these these officers are being trained and, and, and the way they're being certified and hired and, and vetted and whatever else. Or two, yeah. it's going to take some community action fighting back against these cats, like almost some type revolutionary type shit. Like, you know, and, and that's like oh, yeah. the, the last, is absolutely last resort that, you know, we, we, we should rely on. But it's going to take one of those two things for, thing, for things to change, man. You know, it's not going to be a Facebook right. post. It's not going to be an Instagram picture. It's, 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 it's not going to be Sean <laughs> King. You know, it's not going to be Sean King writing his his columns. All that shit is well and right. good and it brings awareness. But like, especially with the current administration, well, I mean, what, what, what's going to happen, bro? You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Hey, you're, you're talking about an administration that's similar to, if not identical, to Nixon's administration, which was basically... Uh, which, which started the war on drugs, and it's just all about punishment over rehabilitation. Right, right. So it, it's easy to say, like, yeah, you need to put all the criminals in jail, but then when you make the laws so that a disproportionate amount of those criminals are are black Americans, then that's when the shit starts going haywire. Exactly. And and like you said before about the about the police, it's so much bureaucracy, it's so much politics like i never really understood and I, I still don't to you know to the full degree but i never understood really how much politics is involved in uh in policing mm. and I, I didn't never really learn even a tip of that until i started watching the wire like shout out to the wire <laughs> because it so it showed you that connection though it showed you what the police chief and police administration were willing to do in order to get certain like leeway from politicians, right, and vice versa. So like it's a, it's a I give you this if you give me this type of thing at the expense of the community that you police in. Exactly. You know, so like, like you said, until that part is gone, which obviously as long as it's politics, it, it never will be gone. But I guess the only thing we can do is try to. I don't know what can we do. Maybe, maybe we need to be in those positions, in those political positions. I mean, I mean, I, honestly, I, I, I think we are. I, at least I hope. I'm not gonna say I think. I'm gonna say I hope. We 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 are mm. starting to see a, a beginning in that, right? Because if if you look at right. some of you know the midterm elections here, you know, last week, whenever it was. Where you know some some of, some of these red seats flip blue and all that good stuff, and I'm not even gonna try to get into that whole Republican Democrat thing. You know what I mean? Because because I can't stand yeah. either one of them really, right? Either one, <laughs> no, exactly right. Yeah. You know, but starting to see the people that are are now winning these elections, at, at, at least at least, right. and, and you know, like uh, very diverse communities and black communities, and, you know, Latino communities and whatnot, it's starting to be people from from the yeah. actual community. You know, not some trust fund, baby. You know, not, not some dude that was, you know, got all this money and whatnot and don't even know what crime looked like, none of that. It's starting to be people from the actual community. So, you know, like, like right. you know, like old girl from, uh, I, I, can't, I think her last name is Cortez. You know, she won the, the uh, she won the, yeah, the house race up in New York. And like, but right. she is straight from like the neighborhood. You know what I mean? She just like, she just got fed up right. one day and it's like, hey, this is what we need. This is what needs to happen. You know, I, and right, I think until sure. something like that really happens, like 
in, in our major cities, you know, and it's spread, and, and, you know, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the major cities first because it's not going to happen in, in, in Adrian, Michigan or nothing like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. Shout out to, so, shout out to Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when that happens, man, I, I, I think we, we'll see, at least, again, I hope we'll see that tide start to turn, you know, when, when, when right. everyday people start to get in the office the way it should be anyway, you know. But right. then again, it's... When we throw in all the, the variables and, and into, you know the lobbyists and all, all all these special interest groups and stuff like that, throwing all this money around, mm-hmm. you know, people like me, people like you, we, we don't have the money to, to go up yeah. there and, and run for office and, and, and win. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I think definitely that even though lobbyists and and, and all that shit is kind of what what we was trying to steer away from because of what it does to government. Right. I think at the end of the day, for us, quite honestly, it's probably it's probably the best way to go. <laughs> like instead of instead of trying to get in the office, we just need to pay these lobbyists to do what we need them to do. You know, I don't know. Just uh, I, something I was thinking about. Like, <laughs> I feel that man. It, it, it's just I, I don't know. I, I just I just don't know. Like, because at the end of the day, a part I, of the problem. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, a lobbyist works for a company, organization, or whatever, and. Yeah. What they what they want to get done is in the best interest of that company, that organization, that whatever. And so, like, True. unless that lobbyist comes from the people, unless it comes from the neighborhood, unless it comes from you know wherever, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be like status quo to me, you know? Because I mean, <laughs> right, cause, cause the way the problem, it, right? like, like I've been preaching to y'all, you know, and and you know, sometimes I get on my soapbox, I get on my high horse, and all that shit. But like, you know, people go to vote. And they do that shit, and that's cool. But, like, they vote, and that's it, man. And like I told y'all before, 364 yeah. other, you know, days of the year, they don't do shit. You know, so it's right. like, you voting, I get it. But we, we're not doing that now to, to move the needle at all, man. You know, it's just it's, it's, it's yeah. we, we voting for, for Republicans or Democrats, you know, as usual, as we have been doing mm-hmm. for the last 40, 50, 60, 70 years. And we all know the definition of insanity. You know, I ain't going to put it out there, but we all know what it is. <laughs> right. Expect something different to happen uh, every time we're doing the same shit. <laughs> yep. But uh, look, hey, how you, did you know, and this, again, I, like I said, I always had these weird analogies. Did you, uh, did you know that they made a, a part two to, uh, uh, what's the name of that shit? Uh, Tales from the Hood. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I watched that shit the other day, actually. You watch yeah, it, yeah, perfect. Yep, perfect, guys. So, so let's let's uh, let's let's bring these two together. All right. So, I I really ain't got no comment on most of the stories in there, other than the last one. Obviously, I, you probably know that the last one is probably the most influential, the one with the biggest message, right? And that was the one uh, with you know with Emmett Till and and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it yet. I ain't gonna lie, to you. the movie started out kind of slow, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, this big is a but then when it got around to that one, I'm like, damn, that shit, that shit kind of like it, it really got serious for me though. Like, damn, that's some real shit because these sacrifices that people made before us for us to advance. And then you got some people who, you know, not really, I ain't gonna say they're taking it for granted, but they just not, they not willing to do their, they, their sacrifice. And I think that, that was, that's gonna be my next question as far as going in with what's popping right now. And I think, something that you mentioned before about, you know, the, a lot of things that we could do is going to be one or the other, you know what I'm saying? But 
more than likely it may take some sort of, you know, quote unquote revolution. And I guess my question is, with this day and age, this society, this generation that we have, do you think you do you think that we as a collective have it in us to make that that type of sacrifice that the people before us made up? As a collective. Yeah, as a collective. Now see it. You go ahead. But then again, I guess back in the day it wasn't a collective so, either. Yeah. Like so, so they made it seem like it, but it was still individual. Right. Uh, so I, I will say this. Though, so. I will say yes for this reason, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I know, I know. We all know those, you know, certain people who I don't give a damn what happened, man. As long as I'm, you know, blah blah blah, blah you know, we all know those people, right? Yeah. You know, exactly. and, and you're gonna have those people no matter what race you go to. But right. black people as a whole, man. Like, first of all. We need to stop being so forgiving, right? And I think once we stop being so forgiving, that yes, that 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 yeah, I think we do have it in us, right? Because once you stop being so forgiving, that's when you're gonna start getting pissed off. You know what I mean? And then that's when you're gonna start being like, okay, they going through the same struggles I'm going through, you know. And, and then naturally, you right. know, that, that that linkage is gonna happen. But what? Right. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get into all the conspiracy theories, but you know, they throw all this stuff <laughs> out there about you know us being. So, so, so attracted to, you know, like money and bling and women and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and really, what race, you know, what, what what men in any race don't like women? You know what I mean? As a whole, you know what I'm saying? Right, you know, yeah, yeah as general. a whole, that is, right? <laughs> right. You know, so it, it, and, 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 you know, having nice things, it's like everybody likes having that stuff. But people... Yeah. Or I don't want to say people, but like you know, it's put out there like that's that's all we think about, that's all like we chase, and that's all we want. Right. But but in actuality, it's not, man. So I honestly think that, that black people, we got it in us. I just think we need. I think once we stop being so forgiving, that yes, that shit can happen. So you think that's the that's the main key that we're being too forgiving? I think I, I think that's it. I, I think that's the to me, my opinion, my my personal yeah. opinion is that's the only key, bro. You know, because yeah. you know, we we, we want to try so hard to be unlike, you know, how, you know how we were treated and things like that. You know, we want to be open. You know, we, we want to be diverse and and see all these different views and stuff. And, and, and that's cool. And, you know, if it happens <laughs> naturally, cool. yeah, if it happens right. naturally, man. But not not to force that. Shit. I mean, at some point, it's just you got to protect your own. Like, I got no problem with like a white person that says, "Hey, I'm proud to be white," and blah blah blah. And it's a problem. Right. You should, you're supposed, you're supposed to feel that way. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? No matter what race you are. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's again, and I think I've mentioned this before, I think America is, is selling young black folks on this notion that, hey, man, it's, it's not about you. It's about this greater good and this this melting pot and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and some of that is, some of it, very some of it is true. <laughs> very the majority little. of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the majority of it, bro, it's like it's just a pipe dream, man. It's like they, they, they selling you a false bill of goods. But then it's uh it's what we ask for though, right? That's what civil rights ask for. It, it I, asks I, I for know. equality, right? I don't know. I don't know if that's what we ask for, right? <laughs> well, you know, initially if you go back and you look at the civil rights civil rights movement and whatnot, uh-huh. you know, Cass was cool at the beginning just to like to have the you know the the, the, the separate separate but equal. But right. then it turned out and went went equal. So then it's like, okay, right. we got to be with you then. Then we know it's going to be equal if we with you. 
You know, yeah. but, but I think we've yeah. evolved to the point now where we can do our own shit. Like we've got enough, you know, uh, uh, power behind us to do our own shit where we don't need to always integrate and, 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 and mingle amongst, you know, other people and whatnot. So we could, we could basically be separate but equal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every other, we the only race that don't do it. We, we are the only race on this planet that does not do that shit. Look at right. every other race on I this agree. planet. Every other race on this planet does that shit but us. Right. No, I definitely and, and, then, and then, then when, we, when we try to get that, they demonize us for it. And it's like, hold up. This is your game, homie. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> right. trying to play. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Exactly. So that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. No, and I think I think you're absolutely right, though. And I and, and the, the thing that you touched on, of course, there about you know being too easy easy to forgive. I mean, I, I guess at, at what point though do we do we stop being so forgiving? Like, how many people do have to get killed by the police? Like, how many how many people do have to like lose lose their life? realistically for just being black, you know, and again, I, like, I, I want to go back to this whole police thing and, and how all these, uh, I guess we call them mistakes happen where they're killing all these, uh, black people where they shouldn't be. Um, I guess what I, what I don't understand is, I guess what I don't understand is how all of these things can happen and over and over they can be justified and nobody mad but us, though. <laughs> like, right. everybody should be mad. And just like, right. like the police, the police should be mad when one of their own go out here and do shit like that, knowing that that's not really what they're supposed to be doing. Like, they should be mad. It's just like, mm-hmm. again, I got to take it back to football because I think all that shit is like a, a team, like a team thing. Like, when, when you got somebody on the team and we all together, like, we got your back like a motherfucker, but... At the end of the day, when you do some shit you weren't supposed to do, we mad at your ass, and we go check right. you on that shit. How come? Exactly. Why, why the police don't do that shit? Like, is the blue code that motherfucking strong? Like, you just gotta you gotta sit down and shut the fuck up because are are they basically <laughs> slaves? Are they slaves in their own shit? Like, because right. if somebody's fucking up, like, dude, I'm gonna check this nigga because I don't want to be I don't want to be out here looking like them. But they don't do that right. shit, like. It's like their hands are really tied. Like that blue coal shit must really be that serious. I think so, man. Cause like, you know, and, and you're totally right, bro. Like football, you know, I wasn't the greatest player in the world, but if I see somebody fucking up and let, let, let's say, you know, it, it, it's one of the BD cats that's fucking up. Yeah. I mean, I ain't gonna check you. I ain't gonna check you in front of everybody, you know, because we got that mutual respect. But I'm gonna right. put your I'm ass aside and be like, hey, man, you right. get your motherfucking shit together. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you get your shit together, bro. Right. <laughs> you know? So Accountability, I mean, dog. That's, that's exactly. all. I think yeah, that's all we own. want. I think that's yeah. all we want, though. I think that mistakes happen. Some, some of these mistakes look entirely too suspect. But at the end of the day, some shit does happen. We just want right. some accountability. Hold right. somebody accountable for taking lives that they're not supposed to. Just like you exactly. said, it happened in the military. Motherfuckers are getting court-martialed. Like, they <laughs> are being held accountable. So, like, why the police not? I, I think that's a simple question. I, I heard, uh, I watched, uh, who was that? It was, it was, D, it was DL. I, I've been watching a lot of DL Hughes and shit lately because like, that's my guy now. I, re- I respect him as a radio show personality more than I did a comedian and shit, so mm-hmm. I apologize ahead of time. 
But uh, <laughs> it was it was on one of these radio shows. I can't remember the radio show it was. It wasn't his show, but he was on somebody's show. And a dude called in, white guy, who was a retired police officer. And it was like one of the most, it was one of the most intriguing conversations I ever heard because it sounded like they had some common ground on some places. But then, then the, the police officer just started saying outlandish shit. Like, some of, the, some of these black people need to learn how to act. You know what? Possibly I just got offended because he was white. Because I do agree. Some of these niggas do need to learn how to act. But <laughs> at the end of the day, how you act, unless you are being completely violent toward the police officer, how you act, shouldn't decide whether you go survive a traffic ticket or not. Like totally if you, right. If you pull up to to some shit and like I'm shooting at the police, then I'm probably yeah. Like if you get killed in that process, I can't even be mad at you. If right. you're rushing the police with a pistol, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm shooting a nigga that run up on me with a gun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so, so I'm not even tripping. But when you just when you getting pulled over for a traffic stop and getting shot in front of your in front of your woman and your kid and shit, then that's where there there needs to be some checks and balances. But unfortunately, because the blue code is so thick and because the bureaucracy and all that shit tied to politics, police and shit is so thick that shit like that just gets swept under the rug. And to be exactly to right. be completely honest, dog. Every time they talk about police killing black people, they always want to they always want to back it up or support it with black on black crime. You know what? Niggas is getting killed every day in the hood, like in real life. They are. Niggas is dying every day. The shit really need to stop. Like it is some senseless violence and all the violence is senseless, but some some niggas be putting themselves in positions where you know that you might get killed. And unfortunately, I feel sorry for your people and your moms and all that shit, but unfortunately, sometimes you put yourself in those situations. All that being said, motherfuckers are getting killed every day, but in addition to that, niggas is going to jail every day. So all I'm saying is that it's black or black crime, but niggas is going to jail for it. How come ain't nobody going to jail for killing us, though? Like, we're right. going to jail for killing us. Everybody else <laughs> needs to go to jail, too. Shit. Right. In, in, That's the thing. You know, I- I, th- I think that's one of the biggest things out there, one of the biggest cop outs out there that, you know, uh, some white folks have, right? <laughs> black on black crime. <laughs> yeah, that black on black crime. Like, right. That, that, that's white folks kill white folks, white folks kill black folks, black folks kill white folks, black folks kill black folks. I mean, yeah. that should be happening right. since the beginning of the world. You know what I mean? Right. So it just gets amplified more, dep- you, know, the, you know, depending on who does it. I don't know if you right. ever have you ever have you ever seen the uh the, the newest purge movie? No, I didn't see it. So it, I don't want I don't really want to get in the way, but I gotta talk about this one part. So okay. the, the newest purge movie, it's just one part in there. So they're just you know, they have the new founding fathers in office and they're thinking about, all right, you know, what are we gonna do to to decrease the population and blah 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 blah. We're gonna have uh-huh. this purge, and, and we're gonna have it, yeah, and we're gonna have it set off in all the like the the low income, you know, uh, neighborhoods and whatnot. Wow! And so, like, they are actually like giving folks these 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 eye these contact lenses that will like uh, videotape, you know, all the shit they're gonna do during the purge. 
And what? at this one, yeah, at this one part, it's these three white dudes that kills this white woman. And like the the one guy and and the the government or whatever he is, he comes, he goes, "Hey, we got to delete that footage. We can't let that get out." And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, control yeah, the real life though. Yeah, yeah, real you know life I mean? though. That's like real shit. Yeah, yeah. Very wow. underrated movie, man. Like it is exactly what's going on right now. And, and, yeah, and like watching that deep. movie, like I had to turn it off halfway through the first time I watched it because I was getting so pissed off. Yeah, and I came it back was really relevant. Shit. Yeah, because it's like it's, it's for real relevant, man. Like, damn, they control the narrative. They 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 put out the, all these these false, you know, the, the, these false, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, hey, black folks do this, black folks do that, you know, white folks right. are so good, blah blah blah, whatever. And people just start really mm-hmm. to believe this shit as you know as it's truth and, and, and mm-hmm. perceptions reality, right? So, and and I guess it really does become truth as far as the way people see it. But that, that yeah. shit was so like polarizing to me, man. I was just <laughs> watch that when you get a chance. I'm telling you. I'm a, yeah, I am, man. And it's all about perspective, though. And the perspective is changed by narratives, like all the time. And unfortunately, you know, because the information flows so freely, it's easy to be, you know, swayed in one way or other. I and this right. is just, and this is just not. A, it's not just us, and it's not just our generation too. I mean, just the go back a little further, just like I was, uh, oh man, who, it was uh, James Baldwin. So, and he was just talking about all the books that he would read and he was just saying how amazing it is to read so many points of view. And then at the end of the day, start really, like re- really start changing up your viewpoints every time you read a different, a different story. And that's kind of what, what happened with us. That, that lets you know if the, if the written word is that powerful, imagine what, the, what these visuals are doing to us. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if the written word, like if you can, if you can have your mind dead set on something after you read something, like, yeah, that's how I feel that same way. And then you read another author who got a different point of view and be like, yeah, I feel that too, though, right? So if you can imagine <laughs> if, if words, no, I'm serious, though. If you can imagine yeah, if words can have you doing that, Imagine what this visual stimulation is doing, like, because it's so rapid. Like, you, right. it's visual stimulation in everything, commercials, ads, uh, on, on Facebook, everything. Like, so imagine what that's doing when, when that shit was happening to people just reading books. So this right. shit is, man, at the end of the day, what you really have to do, I, I think, at the end of the day, you, you really have to figure out for yourself what you think, what you think the truth is and what direction you need to go. And then you just have to align yourself with those same, you know, around those same people that, that think along the same wavelength. Cause at the end of the day, it's go, I, I hate to say it, but at the end of the day, it's go kind of be survival of the fittest, bro. Like it's really go. I think it's really go get to that point where it's just go. I think it's going to get, it's going to have to get bad for real before it can ever turn into something else. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Man. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I agree, and that's why I'm saying I'm not sure if I'm. I, I was gonna say I'm not even sure if I'm prepared for that. But I think that, and when you when you start really looking at the the way things are going, and then considering kind of like un, what's unspoken, sorta, but kind of yeah, mostly unspoken, of what needs to happen. 
Like, I think in the back of our heads, we all know that, like, eventually the shit got to hit the fan in order for it to go, like, the way it should be or to even change. I won't even say to go the way it should, but to change. I think we all know that, but I I don't think we all prepared for the, you know, shit to really go to hell in the handbasket, whatever the fucking nope. handbasket is. <laughs> <laughs> no, we I not. I never understood that shit. Yeah, I, don't, we not, I, don't think, I don't think anybody is. You know what I mean, I'm not. Yeah. You know, yeah. We try to prepare yourself. You know, you, 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 yeah. you think you, you think you know what you would do in that situation, but man, but you don't. You don't. Yeah, you really don't. Hell no, you really don't. Yeah, this is a deep conversation. Though. I wish it had been more of us and shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, shit, yeah. but we go. Uh, let's see. We gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Then we gonna go around one last time. I think we left. I think we lost Dove and shit already. But uh. Just going back to uh, Jamel Roberson and that whole situation in, in Illinois. I mean, obviously, I think we both probably. Well, I, I know at least me myself. I don't. I don't have no comfort in even thinking that some some type of justice will come out of this. Like I, I'm hopeful that it will, but I, I'm doubtful at the same time. Just because at the end of the day, man, the, the police. Shit, the the American government, the American the American people, man, have have treated me like a a bad relationship, though. Like you want to keep you you want to keep giving them chances, like, but you know you're in a fucked up situation, but you want to keep acting like it's it's better than it is, and it ain't. Like they just keep proving it. So, like I I'm like a woman scorned, I guess. <laughs> like you know, I really don't see nothing good coming out of this shit, but I'm, I'm hopeful though. I mean, I, I am hopeful, but I'm doubtful at the same time that any justice will come out of this. I mean, I, I'm hopeful that it does. I, and, and all these witnesses that came forward with those statements, you know, saying how they were screaming about, you know, basically don't shoot him and, and like he's a good guy. The fact that, that people have to do that should automatically let you know what the state of America is. Like, just not even looking at the whole situation, just looking at those witnesses who are in the bar screaming and pleading because they know that he go shoot his ass. Like mm-hmm. that's where we at with it. This yep. is where we are in America where people have to really like, I mean, they really was trying to save his life because they knew that the police was going to shoot him. Right. That's fucked up. Like right. that, that part of it by itself, aside from the dude losing his life, aside from, aside from all of that shit, the fact that people in their hearts know what it is. As soon as you see a situation, you know that we don't really have a chance. The fact that that is the truth should make it hard for every motherfucker in America to sleep at night. <laughs> like, for it real. should. You're right. <laughs> right. It should. But it doesn't. But. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? That's, that's all I got to say, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. But. Because it, it, it's really dumb, man. But, uh, again, like I said, I want to uh, prayers out to the whole Robeson family, dog, and everybody dealing with that situation. All the people who, and not only just the family, but all the people who had to witness that. For because sure. I think, at, I, I think at some point, you know what's happening. Like, all right, you know, I know the police out here. I, I, know, it's, I know it's some white people in, in, in general who, who know that. Like, damn, it's got to be a fucked up feeling to get pulled over by the police when you're black. Like, at some point, you got to be a little compassionate and know that it's a fucked up feeling. Or to be confronted by the police and, and it could be a life or death situation when it shouldn't be. 
Right. But then to to be there and to witness it firsthand, like to witness it, to to be on the sidelines trying to save this man's life. You know, after after he didn't save everybody else's life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't save everybody else's life, and now they're trying to save his, and they can't. So you know what the helplessness of that feel like? Exactly. exactly. I hope they know what the helplessness the helplessness of that feel like because that's what the helplessness of being black feels like. Bro. <laughs> it's exactly what it feels like. We ain't got to say nothing else, man. That's what it is right there. <laughs> right. Yeah, on that note, dog. <laughs> right. I think we're going to end it on that. <laughs> that's what's up. Dog, <laughs> no, on that note, man, I want to thank everybody who hung out with us tonight, man, for the notes from the Negro section podcast. I know we've been gone for a long time. We're going to do better at this. It might just be the dynamic duo from this point forward. I don't even know, but we're going to get better at this stuff. <laughs> Shout out to my, my man Doug for trying to get back in there. It was cool, man. We're going we to make sure we get everybody included next time. But uh, make sure you subscribe to our uh, to our YouTube page. That's uh, at eBlock Radio. That's going to be on there. Also, our Instagram page is uh, going to be uh, notes from the Negro section on there. Make sure you hit us up on there. We got to start posting more on that, too, so. I know you got you holding it down on Facebook though, both you holding it down. Though. I got I got to do better on Instagram. Yeah, you holding it down. <laughs> but to the next time, man, you already know what it is. Uh, notes from the Negro section. I got my man Bo in the building. What up? What up? And of course, man, it's your boy Q Lewis, man, holding it down live from the four eight two zero five, man. We about this thing. Peace out, y'all. I'll be easy. Hold up. Thank you.